This is On and Off Your Mat podcast episode 63, telling a story through yoga photography. For this episode, I sat down with Robert Schumann. Robert is a dedicated yoga practitioner and photographer capturing the timeless grace and embodied mindfulness of yoga in his work. His stunning repertoire of portrait runs the gamut from yogis perched on rocks surrounded by the Pacific Ocean, to African orphans practicing yoga in Kenya, to breast cancer survivor bare-chested and scarred. In addition, Truman has worked extensively photographing war veterans who have embraced the practice of yoga to heal PTSD, first responders, and more. He has been the official artist of the 47th Annual Grammy Awards, the 2010 FIFA World Cup, and 2008 United States Olympics. As always, on my end, I really appreciate your support with this podcast, whether it's through reviews or through Patreon. You now have three different options to show your support. In the first, you can get access to more content, an exclusive episode every month, like a tutorial, a guided meditation, something like that. And on the second and third tier, you can have access to some or all of the classes I've been recording on Zoom and continue to record during this shelter in place. So if you'd like to have access to all of this and or just show me your support in the creation of this podcast, please visit patreon.com slash on and off your mat and become a premium member on the tier of your choice. Now, before we get to today's episode, I just want to remind you about my upcoming India Yoga Retreat. You have until the end of the month to sign up and take advantage of our promo code COVID to save $255. I know times have been hard for many of you, so hopefully this helps a little bit. Now, if you want to know more about it or you want to reserve your spot, you can go directly to my website, ericabelanger.com, or send me an email, erica.belanger at gmail.com, erica with a K. All right, ready? Let's get to our episode of today with Robert. Hi, Robert. Good morning, Erica. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So, Robert, for listeners that don't know you or don't know you very well, can you tell us a bit about yourself, your yoga and photography journey? No, that's a huge question. <laughs> we'll um, go from there. Well, um, I am an artist who is using yoga as the visual language to tell a story about humanity in pursuit of being better at being human. Mm. So it's really, it gave me an excuse to photograph the entire world because the entire world is starting to awaken to the idea that um, meditation and yoga is, is very beneficial to help us deal with the difficulties of being human. So it's led me to Africa, to working with Maasai warriors, to prisons in different parts of the world, and uh, working with breast cancer survivors, police officers, uh, firefighters, house painters, electricians, teachers, you name it. And we'll talk about those portfolio after. I want to dig in some of them definitely to know more about. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> okay, you want to know about my yoga journey? Yeah, I know you're a yogi. Yes, I am. I, um, <clears throat> I grew up in Los Angeles, so yoga was a pretty common mm -hmm. thing to see going on. And um, at uh, an early part of my career, when uh, about 20 years ago, um, 
I, um, the process of photography that I was using was a Polaroid process, which you can see some of that behind me. Um, it, it went obsolete. And so I had to reinvent myself as an artist and I'd heard about yoga and knew that it was this thing that people did to become calmer, wiser, uh, more centered. And so I tried it out and I started to, to, to practice because I wanted to deal with the changes and the identity shift that was occurring in my own life. And, and it worked. But another major factor that really led me to yoga was um, that my heroes in the history of art had, for the most part, lived lives of self-destruction and, and didn't have the tools to deal with uh, being in the void, something mm -hmm. that actually a lot of people are facing right now with what's happening in the world is they're learning what it's like to be in the artist's studio and to have a blank canvas and to have to um, feel what it's like to, to have the illusion of being invisible. Mm. So what happened was I wanted to rewrite the story of what it meant to be an artist. And that also led me to yoga and to the healing. It provides human beings with an incredible toolbox to be able to sit in the fire and the uncertainty of life with a calmness and a, a faith. Is that what you tried to portray through photography of yoga? Like why focus on showing or showcasing that you know i think it 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 actually fits into the history of art where like if you look at renaissance paintings and you look at what it's all about it's about humanity striving to be greater mm. and to touch something greater to touch the divine and so many of the poses are about being in your heart reaching towards the sky um, closing your eyes and being within. It's about a, a human being really longing towards something greater. And that's an incredible language to, to have for me to use to tell a story about humanity. And for me as an artist, it's not just for yogis. This is a language that I can use to tell an expressive poetic story of all of humanity in pursuit, whether you've ever heard of yoga or not, it makes absolutely no difference. Mm -hmm. Even though the yoga world is expanding to the entire world, it, I want my work to be understood and felt by people that have never even heard of the practice. Mm. And how do you manage to do that? For someone who hasn't heard about the practice that doesn't know what yoga represents, how do you tell that story through the still image that you're taking? Well, um, because you can feel it. You can feel somebody reaching towards the sky with their hand on their heart. Mm -hmm. um, or in a, in a Natarajasana, a dancer pose, and looking towards the heavens 
there's a feeling of this, this, these people. Like, I believe that if we were to, um, if our uh, culture was to completely be destroyed and then a new one was formed in a thousand years and they found these photographs that we make of, of yogis mm-hmm. practicing, I think that they would look at those images and they would say, who are these people? Who were these people? Who were these people that were reaching towards the sky, that were bending backwards with their hearts towards the clouds, their hands in prayers? And I think that it would just, it would really, it, the, the yogis are extraordinary. Photography is a very big power to like convey that story. But do you find that with the different portfolio you've done, it had even more power because of the subjects themselves. Like if you think of the prisons, like you mentioned, or you think of the cancer survivors, like the subject itself carries a lot of meaning and importance. So did you feel a difference between other photography that you had done versus choosing those particular stories to tell? Yes, because, you know, the, my, my son, it's not the, the photographer is just, We're nothing without that subject. That subject is everything. So me being able to piece it together and tell this, compose an image so that it's, it's pleasing to the eye or it hits people on an emotional level is important. But that subject that has a story to tell and we're telling it together, that makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. And yes, I choose... But I could choose anyone. I mean, I, I look at you and I would be, it's everybody has a story and everybody's beautiful and everybody is a superhero. If you, it depends on, because that's the way I see, like I see the beauty in people. And so that's going to come through in the work. Like, like for instance, you know how a lot of, uh, there's a lot of chatter about um, uh, in yoga photography or in it, it, on social media that people are acrobatic or more advanced or this, that, and the other. But I feel like it's, it's, you can take any human being, any size, any, anything and any level skill level. And if they're just in their heart, in their sincerity, and you just, you see their beauty, then it's, it looks as advanced as anything else. The shape itself doesn't matter as much. No, it's the sincerity. Yeah. Um, so coming back to that portfolio about the um, breast cancer survivors. So I think it was called Your Scars Are Beautiful portfolio, which is a beautiful yes. name to start with. Um, what was the idea behind that? Like why that particular subject? Is there a personal connection to it? Or I'm, I'm just curious what drew you to that and to those people? That's, it's, that's a great question. You know, For the most part, I I don't think too much about any how this stuff happens. I allow it to happen. There's a great painter. Um, his name was Willem de Kooning, an abstract expressionist. And one of the most simplest things he said was, don't think, paint. And that's really how I operate. What happened was a woman named Ulati uh contacted me and we decided to do a shoot together 
And this is a breast cancer survivor. And we made a, an exquisite portfolio. And then it got shared and articles were written about it. And, and it just, it moved people. Mm. And what happens is if enough people see these pictures of a, of a beautiful woman with no hair and scars, just reclaiming her dignity and, and releasing the shame and giving others permission to do the same. What happens is if enough people see this, these types of images, it starts to become part of our awareness. It starts to create a new reality. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens with photographs. So I just, I go where the wind blows me. The wind blew me into prison. The wind blew me into the United States military. And the, and the public responds so positively to these images that what happens is more breast cancer survivors approach me. Mm -hmm. And it just becomes something that, that I, we do together. And it's fun and it changes the world. When they approach you, do they tell you, I've seen the photos you've done and that spoke to me and that made me feel something and I want to share that as well. What's their yeah. intention? They want to show their body to help other women? Do they want to be part of the inspiration? Why do they want to join later on? Well, for two reasons. Because they want to um, make something that be in, in their proudness, reclaim their dignity through beautiful photographs and, and be vulnerable, mm. expose and, and release, and also to, to help others. It's a Because great change of perspective, bringing like a feeling of celebration to what happened. Yeah, scars are beautiful. Mm. And, or just a celebration to the fact that, I mean, maybe that's a little more extreme than most people, but we all do carry scars and we carry shame. Mm -hmm. And these courageous human beings are stepping up and and inspiring us all to release that and to become a little more freer. Mm -hmm. You talked about uh, the prison project and you said you've been in many prison. Where have you been? I've been to mainly to uh, near where you are is San Quentin. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's one that I frequent. Um, maybe every two years I go into San Quentin with prison yoga project. But I, uh, San Diego, San Luis Obispo, Mexico City. Mm. Uh, I recently went to one in, in Veracruz, Mexico, um, outside of Nairobi, Kenya, to name a few. Mm -hmm. I heard you say, or I read somewhere, you saying everything you know about the essence of photography you learned through working in prisons. This is true. So what did that Where'd teach you? Where did you hear that? <laughs> I think I read it somewhere. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. There's three things. The first, and I'm so glad you asked that because I feel like it's the most important, the core essence of what photography is and yoga photography. So the first thing is I learned that the camera was just an excuse to pay attention. Mm. So when I started to go into the prisons, the, the people never looked in the camera 
or asked to see what picture, what, you know, what was in there or, or where it was going or, but what happened was there was a real gift and the gift was in paying attention to each other, just acknowledging that they exist, that they're worthy of being seen, of being paid attention, that they're okay. I mean, and that's a major part of what we're doing with our phones and taking pictures of each other is we're, in a lot of ways, we're really saying, um, hey, I, I like you, you know, and, and that can brighten someone's day and change their life. Um, and I'm going to tell a story about that in a moment. Um, this, so the second thing that I learned was that photographs have a very real potential of changing the world. When I first started to go into the prisons, not a lot of people had heard about yoga going on in the system. Mm -hmm. But then what happens is enough people start to see images, ideas, like almost like positive propaganda, where they see it and it becomes the new normal. They feel it. So they remember because they feel that there's an emotional texture to the artwork. That's what art does. Newspapers come and go. But the work of the artist stays forever. It goes in museums and it's protected and cherished by cultures for, for generations to come. And it's because people can feel it. And so what happens is, you know, especially in this day and age, we can rapidly change the world through images that people can feel that, that uh, go around the world instantly through social media. So I realized that we could really, photography has always been one of the most influential forms of communication there is. And it, it changed the world. You see pictures from the Vietnam War about uh, uh, offering a flower to the, to the, to the soldiers or um, uh, in uh, Tiananmen Square the, the, during the revolution, Chinese Revolution where he stood in front of the tanks and just put his hand out and said no. And that, that photograph, that moment changed the world. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're dealing with a, 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 a real gift, a magic box. And so I take that very seriously. And I, I first learned that in prison and then with the military and then with Africa Yoga Project and the breast cancer survivors and everything, just great ideas deserve to be seen and felt so that people can, it just becomes part of our reality. It becomes the new normal. Now, the third thing I learned was quite profound. And it was, um, it was after uh, visiting my first prison. And it was in Tracy, California, which is uh, just about 100 miles or so south of where you are. Um, and uh, I went, I worked all day in the prison. Then I went to go meet with the warden in her office. And we spoke for a while. And her name was, is Warden Coco Salinas. And she was retiring, but she, and she wanted to... Uh, put this incredible yoga program in her prison before she retired. And 
she said a lot of things that day. One of the things that really struck me that she said was, she said, I noticed that the guys who do the yoga make better choices. So simple, so profound, you know? And doesn't it help you make better choices too? Yeah. (laughs) Police officers make better choices. Firefighters, everyone. Mm -hmm. So that would inform my career and even inspire me more to to use yoga as the the foundation of my work to tell the story. And those are the three things. Now, back to what I was saying about being seen. Mm -hmm. There was a story I read many years ago in The New Yorker about the bridge right down the street from your house, (laughs) the Golden Gate Bridge. And it was a story about all the people that jumped off the bridge who survived. Did you read this? I don't know if it was this exact one, but I've definitely looked into what happens on this bridge because I was shocked when I learned how many people actually jump. Right. And I saw this documentary on people jumping and surviving, but I don't know if it's the exact same thing. I never saw the documentary. It sounds interesting. But this is a a written article from a long time ago, maybe 20 years ago. Um, called Jumpers. And uh, it documents all the people that jumped and survived. And every single person that they interviewed that jumped and survived said they regretted it the way down. Mm -hmm. And then there were people that jumped twice and survived. (laughs) They were not ready to go. (laughs) It's so third, right? And both times they regretted it on the way down. And then, I mean, you can imagine all the people that jumped and didn't survive that regretted it on the way down. But the thing that would really influence my career, let me know the importance of paying attention to people in photography and acknowledging people and honoring people, um, was there was a a gentleman in his mid-30s who had jumped and the he lived about two miles from the bridge in the city and when the coroner the coroner and the the psychiatrist who headed the suicide prevention committee got were called to his apartment and they got to his apartment, and there was a note on the the entry table that said, I'm walking to the bridge. If one person smiles at me, I won't jump. Full body goosebumps. (laughs) Yeah. It rattled them, too. Yeah. Did one person smile at him? Not if the coroner was at his house. Yeah. Mm. It's really sad. So, therefore, acknowledging people, like being real, like what, is, what does namaste mean? 
you know, I recognize, you know, and people, people need to be seen. Definitely. You don't need the, you don't even, you don't need the camera. The camera is just a, an excuse. A camera, is it for you a way to share what you see so more people can see it? That's, that's the byproduct. But even if I didn't have the camera, the camera just, I think it just, yes. So more people can see, so I can tell stories with it. Mm-hmm. But the people that I'm working with often, like the, like in an African prison, I worked in a women's prison and they all were living with the HIV virus and they didn't, it wasn't, nobody looked in the camera. Nobody asked to be tagged on Instagram. They just, they, they just really loved being acknowledged. Yeah. And I don't see any difference between, I work with people to, we work on covers of magazines and it's no different. They may have cultivated a lot more arrogance, but underneath it all, they just want to be seen too. Mm-hmm. Was that your main intention when you worked with military and veteran? Was it for them to be seen in general or for them to be honored? You mentioned that. And you also mentioned to be seen, but in a new way or like to sh- tell a new story or show a new norm because I, I assume a lot of people don't expect military people to be doing yoga necessarily either. So you're true. changing the way we see it. Right. Well, it's my intention to, so that when you hear the word prison, you just think yoga. Mm. We make it so normal. Like what, what, why wouldn't they be doing it? What else are they going to do in prison? Don't people go to prison to do yoga? <laughs> Isn't that what, what prison is for? So, they definitely have time. <laughs> right. Exactly. So with the military, you know, the military, an astronomical amount of veterans commit suicide every day. Yeah. Because they don't know how to deal with what they saw and what they saw is not normal. You know, it's, you know, seeing your friend die, uh, having your legs blown off. I mean, it's just having to take other people's lives. It's, they don't have a toolbox for it. So I started to, they, again, they started to come to me to tell their story. And it, it got out into the world, the images, these stories, these, that people could feel. And what it does is it, it shows the reality of it. Like a lot of my work will have them in like uniforms sometimes, which is, is not, in, not necessarily realistic, but it's stoic and it's beautiful for art and it, it's inspiring. So what happens is it, it becomes accessible. Like in our mind, if you see a firefighter, it just becomes very normalized. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wanted to do. You know, cops as well. I had a a very good friend who was a police officer and we practiced yoga together. And then I started to make pictures of him in uniform practicing. And that stuff just 
went all over the world. I mean, and who needs to, I noticed that the guys who do the yoga make better choices. That's a great idea for cops. But not only that, they need the tools. Did you know that more police officers die from their own gun than any other way? Wow. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's a wild fact. Yes. And we're not talking accidents, obviously, just making sure Swiss, people are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. When you uh, photographed the Africa Yoga Project, you also made or did that photographic essay for the New York Times. What did this particular portfolio teach you? Did, did it change your perspective on yoga in a way? Or I'm sure it was different than the other ones just because of the context. So I'm curious about that. Well, it was great because uh, when I first started to photograph yoga, was uh, I remember it was like if I had to just describe it, I would think that it was just like blonde-haired, blue-eyed women skinny women you know so all of a sudden i'm in africa around all these incredible africans you know all sizes that and very strong as well with beautiful practices and it was just fun for me just to see i mean homogeny makes me it's just it's so foul It's not as, it's not art. <laughs> it's, yeah. So to just see this, that the, the world, like out there at the foothills of Mount Kilimanjaro or mm. in like uh, orphanages in, in Africa or in the prisons or, you know, it was, it was just, it's the, I, I love the world and the yoga world is the whole world. And that's what I wanted my work to do is to is to just focus on the vastness the all-inclusivity the diversity mm. crossing cultural boundaries this same pose that the gentleman serving a life sentence is doing the maasai warriors doing the the house painters doing the yoga teachers doing It the really politicians doing It really helps break down that separation and that we are different, which is so important and basically yeah. the base of yoga. Yeah. Yeah, we're all the same. Mm -hmm. Corona's telling us that. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> what inspires you now? Like, what would you like to see more represented in photos or? What kind of portfolio would you like to do in the future? You never know who's listening. So maybe ask the universe, is there something you'd like to really photograph or some kind of people you'd like to really work with? That is a tough question because I haven't really thought about it. Mm. It all just shows up. Mm -hmm. But if I had to, if you're asking me also what I want to, what I'm working on or what I dream of doing, yeah. I, I would like to, if we're ever allowed to do things publicly again in our lifetime, mm -hmm. 
I have a strong desire and intention to fill museums with uh, National Geographic style photography, large format photographs of every type of human being who's fallen in love with becoming their best through this gorgeous practice or just the simplicity of meditation. I think that's what I want to do so that we can see that anyone can do it because yoga is for anybody and everybody, anywhere and everywhere. That would be an exhibition that I'd like to see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yoga for the people. Mm -hmm. There you go. How do you feel about the fact that with social media nowadays in our phones, a lot of people or everybody can kind of call themselves a photographer? And is... Is for you, is it that, is that for you like good and the more the better because we can share more in the stories and there's more art or is there a line for you where it dissipates or it, I don't want to say ruin, but you know, changes the art of it yeah. in a way. I don't know if you understand. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, yes, it, it, I can understand you perfectly. And it's a, it's something that I've thought about um, because it's, it's changed the way I do things. And it's actually inspired me. Like you can be a photographer and you can also be a thinker and you have to be a thinker and you have to want to change the game or whatever, or, or really compliment, celebrate the world in a way that is, is beyond just making a picture it's there's so it's got to run through your blood so it, it it forced me to up my game you know and and being an artist is is a lot different than being a photographer you know and we will the camera is just a um, a vehicle to deliver a message And I think that I'm just more drawn towards the outliers, you know, people in prisons, people in the military. Military is all over the world. It's no different. You don't, just because supposedly 22 American veterans commit suicide every day. We don't know what's going on in other countries. I'm sure this, you know, war is war no matter what flag you, you fight it under. And um, so it, it just forced me to, to, to be more, I think it forced me to be more of a humanitarian. Like that was already part of who I was, but it was, it was, it was kind of like, you know, I could have, I would have been bored with it just being hired to, to do shoots of, of people all the time just celebrating their practice, which is really an honor. And it's how I've made a living the last few years, but it's, um, it's, it seems to be dying down a little bit because, um, because it's so watered down because people can relieve that itch of being seen with their phones. So 
I'm not more as, nor do I want to as much in demand for that, but it's forcing me to, to work on bigger things like what I'm mm-hmm. telling you about, like making presentations of an idea that is, is a game changer yeah. that shifts evolution. I really love photography myself and I took a photography workshop with you, I think in 2016. In yeah, San Francisco, right? Yoga yeah. Journal Live at yeah, the yeah, yeah. Hyatt, right? And it was so much fun. So I thought we could finish with maybe you have some tips for people to become better photographers. If they're doing it anyway, can you help them tell a story better or any tips that comes to mind right now that we can share with listeners? Absolutely. So I think one of the most important things is to never look down on anyone. So, uh, you know, the camera is a great, and again, a great excuse to practice this. So when you're photographing a child, if you're standing up, taking a picture of the child, then the child is going to be lower than you. And when you see the photograph, it's going to look like you're looking down on the child. That's what it looks like. So if you're always on your subject's level, eye to eye, that's a sign of respect. Now, when the child sees that photograph, they're not going to feel like a tiny person. They're going to feel like Mm -hmm. a human being. And the person that makes the picture is going to see them that way. And the same for if you're photographing a pet. Don't look down. Get down on the pet's level. The pet will never see the photograph, but that doesn't matter. The pet is seen by you. And that's how we change the world. We change ourselves. That's a good tip. Anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? If there's one takeaways you'd like listeners to leave with today, what would that be? Push me in a direction. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I feel like that last statement too vague, was, too wide. You know, no, the the one I just made about oh, never looking good. down on it. There, yeah, yeah. So yeah, remember that. Was, that. that was okay. Good. I'll put all your info in the show notes, obviously. But in the meantime, where's the best place for people to find you if they want to see your art, if they want to reach out for a project? Where should they go? Uh, my website, robertsturmanstudio.com or Instagram, robertsturman, wherever. It's easy to find people. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time today. That was a really fun interview. Thank you. It's really a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review anywhere you listen. And if you wanted to continue, don't forget to visit patreon.com slash on and off your mat to donate or become a premium member and get your hands on all our exclusive content, including the recorded Zoom class if you want. Now check out the show notes to find more info about our guest of today, Robert Truman, or my five biggest takeaways from this episode. Before you go, I just want to say a last thank you to Alexander Saba working in the background, creating the music, editing, and mastering this podcast. Once again, guys, thanks for listening. Until next time.